Hi, it's Joey. And Dutta. Please leave a message after the beep. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Let's try again. Hi, it's Joey. And Dutta. And we are the co-founders at Leho. Leho is a social impact brand where every purchase supports a social cause. Our It's Call to Care series consists of all things kind, caring, and cool. We focus on topics of sustainability, running a business, helping people in need, and just general topics that people can relate to, really. So subscribe, save, share, and stay kind. Hi, everyone. In this episode of the It's Cool to Care series, we're very excited to have a special guest with us today, Joshua Coombs. Joshua is the creator of the Do Something for Nothing movement, and you've also worked closely with Tom's, right? You've done a lot to raise awareness and also encourage kindness for the homelessness community. That's why we're super excited to have you here today. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce yourself. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here, guys. And like I said before, we started recording. Um, really love what you're doing and I'm happy to chat to you. So, yeah, I um, I guess for the last five years now, I've been going out and meeting people who are living on the streets, not just in London, where I live, but also throughout uh, different cities in the world. And that's my way of connecting and a vehicle for that connection is a haircut. So, yeah, I give haircuts to people um, and spend time listening and obviously a haircut's a great way to do that anyway like when I used to work in a salon um you know there's a part of this job where you you kind of are trying to make someone you know feel good on the outside but of course you're very much there to like listen to someone and give them some time and you know talk through some some deeper stuff and for me my role as a hairdresser out being on the streets it's um yeah, you know it can be all kinds of things um but it's a, it's a nice way to spend that time with someone where rewind five years back I was walking by people and wondering you know what I could do because of course living in a big city we see homelessness all the time and that's how it all began for me really was just I always wanted to know more about someone's story I always felt compassionate towards this issue and 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 these people and these lives and you know these men and women I'd see but I never really gave myself that time to really spend kind of finding out like what that was and I felt like I don't know now when I think back, I think all well, the inner dialogue I used to have of what was the right thing to say, should I do this, should I do that? And now through going out and that first haircut, which happened like yeah, um, 2015, it was around that time, things just started to change because it gave me this way to be able to have this conversation. And I started telling those stories with consent online and people, you know, sharing their, their stories and other people felt the same as me they wanted to feel more connected to this in, in a kind of way that was more intimate not just like statistics in the news and the media amazing I feel like you know you're so right my greatest conversations always with my um hairdressers you just speak for hours and you always just have really good talks yeah. and actually I think there's a startup um in Australia and they basically trained these barbers to be like therapists for men so it was tackling men's mental health and I just thought that was like such an amazing idea because you know you you're there for an hour or 30 minutes or whatever but you have good conversations and meaningful ones as well so um yeah I just wanted to kind of kick start off with um diving deeper into stigmas and stereotypes of homelessness so we covered that briefly in one of our podcasts with People Project and Cardin Banfield Foundation Mm -hmm. but just on the kind of borderline of general public stereotypes, but I wanted to dive deeper into the actual kind of root cause and basically how, you know, substance abuse and addiction can be both a cause and result of homelessness. So I'll give kind of um, two different contexts for people listening. So one is someone could be abusing drugs and then struggling to perform at work, which then leads to job loss, chronic unemployment, not being able to afford housing and then eviction and then ending up on the streets. But at the same time, you can also have someone who's never touched drugs in their entire life and then end up losing their jobs, going through the same cycle of eviction, ending up on the streets and then eventually start abusing and um, using drugs in an attempt to cope with their situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just tell us. I want you to tell us a bit more about, I guess, this relationship and your thoughts and kind of knowledge around it. Definitely. And then to, uh, you know, I'm grateful for your your examples there because I think it is important sometimes to have those thought experiments to sort of think about those two different scenarios because let's be honest you know 
drugs and alcohol and you know kind of misuse of those substances substances is kind of the biggest stigma surrounding this issue of homelessness it's probably the first thing we're all going to hear when people say oh yeah i'm not sure whether to give people money because they might just go and spend it on this or this and you know i i i think that in both of those scenarios my my work and how i try and educate myself on this subject is i think first of all making a, a very clear distinction between what is recreational drug use and um when somebody is you know uh, is suffering from addiction and you know I, I see it very clearly in those two scenarios like also that there could whether you know it's like a chicken or the egg right which one came first you know and i know that some people might be more compassionate to the view let's say that someone lost their job and all kinds of events happened in their life that they couldn't help and they ended up on the street and then the drugs came afterwards i mean someone might have more compassion towards that because they think okay well then it's your scenario on the street that made you want to be able to kind of mask some of that pain but to be really honest like i have as much compassion for the the uh, like someone who's a drug user and who was suffering from addiction and that was enough and so the addiction was so violent that their life spiraled out of control you know yeah. so i I'd, I'd, I'd say that my view and my standpoint on it is some of us can use you know I, I, I we live in london we live in a city where people people go out and use drugs at the weekend recreationally often we live in a place where like you know depending on where you are like it, 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 these things can be a part of people's life i'm not saying that's right i'm not condoning it but it's very different when there's um a masking of a certain pain that i see usually or there's there's a void in someone's life that someone's trying to fill with substances and and i think we can all relate to that in a lot of ways you know like a lot of us are addicted um in our own lives you know it might just be something that we feel like we have under control you know we all pick up our phone we would we all pick up our phone and and forget why we've 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 done that we all scroll through social media for hours um yeah. you know food for me to be honest is quite a big one as well you know i've got this person in me who wants to have a cake basically every minute of every day yeah. But like some something in me just has to go like no you can't do that you can't have another cake but it just feels really good but I'm just like I'm joking but my point is like I my I'm really really interested in us trying to see beyond this idea that like a bottle in someone's hand or worse or like you know or more kind of more of a, a difficult image for some people is like maybe a needle in someone's arm like these things I work with people like quite regularly where. When you get to know someone, you're going to realize that this person is not doing these things to have fun. They're not doing these things to to enjoy and kind of like be reckless, like and and kind of just you know it's 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 for me it's I work with you know the people I see on a regular basis who have who have these kinds of um, addiction issues. There's this is a, a habitual thing that's built up over many years and. A lot of the time, whether it's the before or after, in that scenario you said, I just feel like to try and see beyond that is 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 really really important. And I think we can all relate to what's underneath a lot of the time, which is feeling pain, feeling ashamed, maybe feeling like a lack of love in your life, feeling like you've gone through more often than not some form of trauma. And I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of people is a traumatic experience or many of traumatic many traumatic experiences um, over years. So yeah, my in short, like I feel that. It's important to look at this and 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 try and remove those stigmas and dissolve them um, by humanizing people and not just focusing on that as 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 you know a point of kind of focus. Yeah, yeah. and that's really interesting that you mentioned having compassion for both um, both scenarios. So obviously, mm -hmm. you know, the ones where they started off with drug abuse, it could, they could have a whole kind of you know scenario beforehand about what they've gone mm -hmm. through in life, whether it's domestic abuse or you know, like relationships with family, friends and stuff, there could be so many different reasons as to why they started, but it's just, you know, really, yeah, it's really interesting that you mentioned the both ways to have compassion because it's so true. Um, and I feel like a lot of people would generally lead more towards, you know, someone then falling into homelessness and then start starting to use, but they don't think about why people start in the first place. And it's because they're either coping with something or, and yeah. Yeah, and and on that point though, you know, just 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 just, just, just I think it is important to also mention though that the scenario of like being in the harsh environment of the street, like needless to say, once you get to that point, I mean, you know, if you're trying to get to sleep under a cold 
you know, like if you're sleep, fall, trying to fall asleep in some doorway or under a railway bridge at night and it's the middle of winter. I mean, mm. I personally would know I'd do anything to try and be like, how do I get through this night? Not shivering cold and thinking about all of my problems. Like, you know, I mean, I, I'm not just having, I'm not having, like, I just feel that a lot of people could relate to that. A lot of people could relate to sort of like wanting anything to like try and get through the day, to try and mask like those feelings once you're, you're in the scenario of being on the street. I think that's so harsh and that, that you know, the, the, of course, drugs come with that um, in, in, in a big way because of those, because of those factors. Yeah. 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 And um, I guess that kind of r relates towards mental health and well-being as well. Right. And to begin with, mm -hmm. everyone has mental health. There's a bit of stigma around the term mental health as well, because there's positive mental health and negative and you know like you said when you're out on the streets um in a, like in the cold winter night you, it's kind of bound to have a negative impact on your mental well-being so i kind of also wanted to ask you what do you think is the right kind of support that we can give people you give your free haircuts you have discussions with them and have a simple conversation you know there are also food banks and um soup kitchens that support by giving out essentials and stuff what do you think is like the right kind of support actually interestingly enough i had a meeting with a really amazing girl regina who set up an organization yesterday called a hand to guide and um maybe someone interesting for you guys to have a chat with soon but she's someone who um is a survivor of like an abusive relationship and and her and her daughter she was left with the prospect of going to lambeth council in london and and having to basically you know the prospect of having nowhere else to go and it was really difficult for her to to even get a placement in a hostel when she ended up in this hostel it was the conditions were so dire and the place was so vulnerable that she fell into the depression and she was asked that and she said what would have made a difference at the time and now she set up this organization and it's to try and create like a buddy system where when you're in that situation where you might get a, a hand up to be able to have someone who's always available on the phone to talk to you 24 hours a day you know like someone who's always looking out for you it might be a different person because you know not everyone can be available for that long but as far as like your story is taken on by a few different people and then maybe you've got a few different people you can talk to my, my point being though that having that one person in there to keep your head above water to check in with you is really really important and yeah my version of that is a haircut and that lasts sometimes for an hour or two when I'm on the street doing this but it can also blossom into a friendship and you know a lot of people I see I'll I talk on the phone too very regularly and, and and you know sometimes I spend the whole day with people or a couple of days if I'm traveling usually before the pandemic in a different city I, and, and I feel like having more of those kind of support systems in place funded you know because we need of course like you, you need funding for this and it's like there's not enough um, emphasis on how important this like you know our, our, as you're saying our mental health like we're, we're talking about this and it's becoming more important in conversations now but it can't just be this cool thing to talk about for like brands and companies now and like now prince like william was talking about it. i mean it's really important because this stuff does spearhead change like making it more of a collective awareness but we need to fast forward to like no this is as fundamental as having food and having shelter you know like having someone to to talk to, having someone to share your thoughts with, it can be the difference between someone, you know, like having hope or not, and and having kind of you know hope is 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 your last sometimes your last mental buffer of like support for yourself before you lose everything, and that sometimes can lead to all kinds of consequences. And I just think when I talk to people on a regular basis, I just know that. Yes, people need money. Yes, people need food. Yes, people need more support and more will for the government. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we don't need really systemic changes, changes like more affordable housing. Um, and, you know, that, that, that all needs to happen. But whilst we're sat here today with everybody in the position they're in, it's like it would not be difficult to just create a completely new sector for, for looking after like, 
people's one-on-one mental health and well-being in the most vulnerable places, whether someone's on the street and people are keeping more tabs on on on, on those go, going back to people and having those conversations, or once they're into a hostel shelter system, which can be very vulnerable places and very isolating to like making sure someone's okay. So I will never like I will never just uh, from from my own experience and the safekeeping of men and women I've met who are who live in this situation, I am already. You know that validates for me just just how important it is just having someone you know someone who's checking in with you um and 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 it's what we all need you know it's like you said it's like we all need that that's not homelessness that's not that's not any that's everybody that's everybody we all know what that's like when we're when we're feeling low we need someone to talk to you and 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 it's you know, the more we can, that's why the mental health conversation is really important because the more we can dissolve the stigmas around that, perhaps the more we can understand all these things we're talking about, like, you know, isolation and what might lead to drug addiction and all of these kind of issues we're faced with in homelessness, I think are actually echoed out through society. It's just that when you see someone who's living in these really harsh conditions, it's the sharp end of all those, those things that I think we all experience, but they're they're out there for everyone to see. Mm. I don't want to, sorry, talk too much before you ask another question, but one thing I just thought of then is it's an important thing to mention is that when you're seeing someone who's living on the street, you, you get to see all of all of their life because it's on display. Mm. Like if someone like if could see how, you know, my life at home, like maybe it's not always that pretty. Like there are times you feel stressed. There are times you feel angry. There are times you feel frustrated, you know, but like I get the privilege of being in, being able to like close the door on the world and like deal with that myself just yeah. somebody who's out there living their life in the open it's like god that's like there's no escape you can't shut the door on the world you can't you can't pretend it's all okay sometimes you get angry sometimes you get annoyed sometimes you're you're ungrateful for everything in this world and then you hopefully come around again but it's like that's all played out in front of us you know and and, and that's yeah i have a lot of empathy for, for that really yeah yeah, definitely. I think um, I forgot to share statistics about how 86% of the homelessness um, population reported having a mental health difficulty. And um, but I also wanted to emphasize, you know, what you said about how everyone goes through this and especially after coming out of the pandemic, I feel like, uh, you know, being in lockdown as well and some people being in isolation, I think people um, are becoming more and more aware of the fact that you need a bit of socializing in order to kind of have, you know, go, go on about your day. Like we were so used to seeing people on a regular basis without having to worry about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden we were on, in lockdown, just shut in our own rooms. And um, I think through that as well, I feel like a, a lot more people are becoming more conscious of the fact that it's important to be able to have a conversation with people and um, especially, you know, those on the streets as well. Like we've, we've heard many stories about how they feel kind of invisible and like, you know, their identity is not there anymore because so many people walk past them without even a hello. Um, so I think it's just like s- small things that are kind of crucial to, um, yeah, not only like making someone's day, but also like making sure that they feel acknowledged and recognized and um, accepted yeah. in society as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and t- turning, turning, turning sympathy into empathy. Sympathy yeah. is one of the most useless emotions we can feel for another human being. I mean, I, it's, I, I don't want someone to feel sorry for me. I don't want pity, you know, it doesn't help me. And, and I want someone to try and understand what it is I might be going through. And clearly when someone's, living in a very different circumstance than me and 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 clearly like their life at least from the outside may look very different because you know they're sleeping outside and 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 i have a home it's like you can still go there you can still try and go there and go like no what would it actually be like for me to be out here like i'd still have all my own thoughts my feelings my hopes my dreams I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is, and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, you know, myself included, I have to check myself, is like, you kind of forget someone's got this whole, this whole identity and this whole life. We group people into, into, you know, categories. And, you know, like I remember this guy I met in Manchester once and he was reading a book and he said, I've, I've been reading my book a lot at the moment. And 
so sometimes people come up to me and they said, oh, I'm surprised you're reading. And he was like, why are you surprised I'm reading? And he was like, they were just, they couldn't really, they, they realized as they said it, they went, oh yeah, why am I surprised you're reading? It's like, it could be that you're homeless and I didn't think you'd be into that. Like what, still reading a book? Like, or like maybe, I I don't know what, I'm not going to go there with what the, but it's, it's, it's so, de- you know, it's so demoralizing in some way. It's like, I meet people who, you know, they still like music, they still like books, they still like movies, you know, they live this whole life. And I, and I just know that it's this, you know, it's this assumption we make and it's, it's, it's okay to just recognize it, sit with it and go, God, yeah. Okay. I, I just, you know, this, this thing is, 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 it's, it's confronting us all the time, but it's, it's not, I can't just be homelessness. I always try and word it a person experiencing homelessness as a, as a transient state, you know, rather than a homeless person. Cause like, it's not someone's identity. And even if you're going to meet somebody who wants to live in that way and wants to like, you know, has, has like, you know, I've met, you know, people before who are just like, yeah, this is, this is how I want to live right now. And I'm like, that's totally cool. But you know, it's still the, the the state of whether they have a house or not is not what defines them as a human being, you know? And it's quite a fun thing to think about sometimes too, when you're, you know, I often when I give talks, I try and set up this kind of, this analogy of, you know, people say things like, oh I, yeah, I tried to help somebody once, somebody who was, who's experiencing homelessness and I tried to give them something and they threw it back in my face and they're really ungrateful. So like, I'm never going to do that again. That's like, you know, from that one experience, it's really, you know, this really wide brush now has been painted across everybody else who, who, you know, who's who's living in the same situation. And I say, how how illogical is that? How illogical is that? Imagine if you applied that same thought process to somebody who has a home. So like anyone who's rude and then aggressive to you at any point in your life and you have a bad interaction with, imagine waking up the next day and going, right, that's it. Anyone with a house, I'm done with it. There, no, I'm no longer speaking to anybody who has a roof over their head each night. And I know it's like, it's, it seems a bit silly, but it's fun to think about things like that sometimes. To be like, oh yeah, like what? that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Like the idea of, of of one experience with somebody. I always say, I'm just like, look, it doesn't matter if you've had a bad experience with someone. It doesn't matter what they look like. It's like just try and keep it isolated to that that moment you know that was them they were there that person at that time and you know it's just it's not easy to do sometimes but I have to keep checking myself to make sure I do the same yeah no same here I mean we're all learning every day and I think you're so right there's definitely an artificial divide between you know not 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 normal people but like us and how we view people experiencing homelessness and you're so right about people thinking oh like why are they reading or but we actually have like um, we mentioned this in one of our podcasts, but we spent like 15 minutes talking to this guy about one book and it was a book about mm. how to win. It was like how to win friends or something. It was like a popular, yeah. like, I know it's funny, you know, yeah, it was like one of her top 10 books. And he was like telling us about his theory and how he really loved that book and stuff like that. And I think automatically people would assume like, oh, but it's so recent, you know, like yeah. how do you know about mm-hmm. it? And it's like, he's not living in a different world. Mm. Um, and they've all had, you know, they all can have normal conversations and stuff. So you're so right. And yeah. I think definitely a huge gap between, you know, us and how we perceive people experiencing homelessness, which definitely yeah. needs to be bridged in terms of how we support them or how we connect with them. Because at the For end sure. of the day, they're just normal people. So. Yeah. And maybe that is, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe that is our job, you know? I mean, a lot of the stuff is like, we can't expect you know people walking into Westminster every day to be that connected with everyday life and one another like a lot of this stuff is street level and it is our job to try and go oh yeah we've got to see past the way we interact with one another because it's no wonder people who are in charge of the bills of reducing homelessness and all this stuff don't know what they're doing I mean it's like I'm not having a go but I'm just saying it's like they're in that they're in that mad looking hundreds years old oak wood like when you look at parliament sometimes don't you think it's all a bit silly you're like of course you don't get what's going on in the outside world look at this place you're in each day I mean I I just feel that like and, and, and they're busy politicians are really busy they're not out on the street all the time doing this stuff so some of this stuff isn't really important for us to just work through these stigmas work through these ways we interact with one another that's why we do something for nothing like whenever I post like 
about some story, I always use that hashtag and I did from the beginning because the idea was like, you know, and we can we can all we can all if like everyone walks out into this world each day with a different ethos and a different kind of mentality, that change is is real and it's it's it's, it's very real on an individual level. Because no matter how much you want to walk out and not see homelessness in your city or not see people struggling and suffering that's not something you can personally change overnight. You can change over time and collective effort can change over time, but your personal change I think is actually more important. And that's what I try and I try and sort of promote with this message and what comes with the work that I do is like, what's your version of this? Like, I, you know, like I, I talk to people in different cities who are, who are doing great things and, and it's cool, it's cool. You can, you can find a bit of a network on social media that, you know, I know there's a lot of negativity there as well, but I find it quite positive place most of the time for me depending on the conversation you're having yeah agreed yeah definitely and I guess um okay so we we touched on a bit about you know soup kitchens earlier and so there's this ongoing debate about how soup kitchen charities that donate clothes toiletries or any kind of support along the lines mm-hmm. of giving something for free enables homelessness and almost yeah. sustains people in living on the streets um and it's also said that you know distributing free food hot drinks and stuff and clothing creates a dependency on handouts, which does little to help people off the streets. So that's a kind of um, criticism, I guess, of these organizations that, you know, and I think um, to some extent I understand, but there are also no studies that show a clear link between people sleeping rough and operating uh, organizations and soup kitchens. And I'll give you an example. So basically we, we have a partner shelter that we worked with and um, there was this guy who was living there for a couple of years and he was ready. He was in that kind of transition stage from being at a homeless shelter to being ready mm-hmm. to kind of get back on his feet, um, be put in housing and start looking for a job. But they were saying how he was hesitant and kind of worried to go back on because he kind of built like a family and a community in the homeless shelter and on the streets because he had that kind of human connection with people. And he was just worried that when he did move into a house, he would kind of lose that because he had no real friends in the real world or no no family or just anything. So he would just basically be back to square one without, I guess, his community. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to get your kind of thoughts on this debate about um, charities and soup kitchens and stuff enabling homelessness. Yeah, it's a really interesting point of conversation. I feel to that to that scenario of someone not wanting to leave a community they have and go into a into a home, I completely relate to that. You know, I mean, and that 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 individual like experience of being one in a building of not knowing people or wherever you you're put in a housing, it's like you know, why would you want to swap that for leaving like a place where you feel like you've got a little support network and family you know that can look very different for everyone and again that's a you know i won't go too far down that point but that's another interesting conversation about like living on we live in this huge city but living these individual lives where you can go a whole day without talking to someone sometimes and you know then there's that conversation of whether you have a roof over your head or not god you know you'd swap some of that for for those basic human connections that we need you know um but on the debate of on the big debate of so people giving certain things to enable people to stay where they're at i feel that i take that point on board and i know where it's probably coming from and i hope it's coming from a good place but honestly i think it's it's a laugh because you know again what i said the people who are really in charge of making the change here the actual will to get people into houses to provide better support to 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 wake up to the fact that there's so many people suffering in a city that has so much and is so prosperous economically. It's like that conversation, I don't think sparks change. I think people are out on the street and it's like, you know, okay, sleeping bags, food, we'll keep giving you, even if you serve people up a five course, you know, a five course tasting menu each day, I really don't think it takes away from the reality that like a lot of people don't make it through the winter. A lot of people are, have chronic health issues from living on the street i've met people who within a few years of living in the street have their health deteriorated so much so you know you can make it as good as you can and patch it up as best as you can with like all the freebies but i still don't think it's like enough to like really 
put someone in a place where like, oh, this is pretty good. I'm actually just going to chill here for a while. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, you know? And I mean, and even if they are, that's cool. But like, I think it's a, it's not a conversation for me that I think is, is going to push things forward. I think it's more important that we all work together and go, look, if you feel compassionate about giving these super amazing sleeping bags that are going to keep people warm and serving people the best shit hot food, amazing. Because whilst they're here in this situation, which let's be honest, we can all agree isn't the Ritz, like keep doing it. But, you know, if someone's on the other side of that fence saying, well, hey, I think what I'm interested in here is like real innovative, creative, new ideas to try and like actually sort of, you know, like transition people from 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 this place they're in mentally to be able to be ready to, to get off the street. Great. You know, every, everyone everyone's going to have a different passion in, in this. And I think if you're passionate about helping people, we're on the same team. And I think if you get if you get, you know, if, if, if you're. Yeah, if you're engaged in people and you actually really want to go out and kind of like be of service to people in your community, like I don't see any need for like any competition in that. But you're right. It's not. I'm not to say it doesn't exist because I know that debate's happening. And I think it's important to mention. But I just feel like, look, let's let's uh, let's learn from each other. Like nobody's right in this thing. Nobody is like. And to think you're right is like it's a it's a problem because you've closed doors then like I, I i'm doing what i can do i give a haircut it grows out after a few months i'm not going to see them pretend that's like in the act of a haircut going to change the world but i'm learning and i'm trying my best to to understand with each person that i meet and i i need everybody because i can't talk to someone when i'm giving a haircut and go oh by the way i've also got this like shelter you can go to and and, and i've also got this like rehabilitation center you can go to to help with your 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 issues and, and all that stuff so we all need each other and uh and and yeah to finish that point off i just say that you know i i, I want people to have if 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 if, if, if that if i, I want to live in a place where people are like getting served like great stuff and given great kind of help whilst they're in a difficult position because um you know that's that's for me just something that i want my money that i pay my taxes to like go to that kind of stuff that makes sense to me yeah and you know soup kitchens and organizations and people who give out like sleeping bags socks (laughs) clothing and stuff undoubtedly play a role in kind of reducing food poverty and also reducing you know, incidences of survivalist crime because you get a lot of situations where people are sleeping on the streets and then people steal yeah. bags, food, shoes, anything to kind of, it's a battle of survival. So I think, you know, having these organizations in place not only gives, not only lends a hand to people in need, but also provides them with that support and it goes back to the human connection, you know, them Definitely. feeling a sense of belonging and feeling like people actually care. If we didn't have any food or essentials in place, They'd be on the streets really, really lonely and feel like there's no hope or worth or whatever. Yeah. So I think having these organizations are actually really important. And yeah, I, I, I think the um, today, it, it, I understand, like you said, where it's coming from, but I think it's slightly absurd. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But I'd, I'd love to put it to you, to, to you guys, because I mean, look, do you feel, do you feel that when you go out and you give someone a new pair of socks or you're helping them out and, 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 and you know, with a hat or with something to keep warm, like, you, I mean, do you feel that that's the main focus of what it is that you guys do? It's so interesting. We talk about this every day. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, yeah. you know, truthfully, we do ask ourselves every day, like, is a pair of socks really going to make a difference? But then we go out and we do outreaches and I think it validates what we're doing because we go out we, we yesterday we did an outreach we had socks chocolates boxes and stuff and the socks and chocolates were actually so popular and i think we almost take for granted the very simple things in life we don't think about feet our feet get us from destination a to b our foot sorry we get it, you know it gets us from one place to another and if someone's walking seven miles a day you know their socks are going to wear off their shoes are going to break we see so many people yesterday we saw a guy who's he had size 11 feet but he's wearing size 10 shoes and he opened his shoes up so it looks like slippers and he was wearing no socks and as soon as he saw our socks he was like please and we gave him a couple because it's just nice you know it's just little things like that and I think at the back of our heads we're like oh like you know maybe socks might not be a huge essential but it's every little essential put together that does make a huge difference and you know we yeah. see it and we we want to show more of it because 
it's just you know they talk about their socks having holes a lot of them have cuts on their feet their feet are like so dirty most of them actually change their socks in front of us because they're like oh thank you and they you know put it on so and then just put them straight on that's yeah. honestly and I, and I just see from 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 where I'm standing as well I just see if I'm there and you guys come up I'm like you guys are also the face behind that and it's like you know anything that you do that debate that we're talking about it just focuses on the material side of things and it's like again that's not it like you whatever you do you guys you're there you have the conversation you listen to people you're you're making you know you're you're, you're bothering you're spending some time so all of these things for me like they're all essential items like as far as like some are more essential than others like you know you, certain things you might want over other things but they're all a vehicle for, for this for this other really important essential item which we're talking about here which is like our our mental health and our our feeling like there's somebody in there who's kind of checking in with me in a genuine way and like oh you just came to where I'm sat which I also think is an important part of this too which is like the outreach side of it is important because some people go in into a shelter you know speak a bit about like pride and stuff sometimes on like that that side of things because you know constantly going in and having to feel like this charity case you know it's it's not all that you know it, I can't imagine it'd be after a while it'd be a really strange feeling like always feeling like you always need a handout whereas when you're sat somewhere and someone comes over to you it's a different interaction than if you're going into a center and and queuing up constantly for this thing and this thing so yeah it's, it's it's important to have everyone doing their thing and for me i just i just hope that a lot of this stuff when there's time can foster that connection that we're saying can actually provide more than just the item itself yeah definitely and actually it's just it's amazing to see and um even like chocolates for us we didn't realize how many people like I think chocolates were the most popular item yesterday everyone was like, like, yeah, like yeah nobody said yeah. no yeah it's just yeah, it's gonna say who <laughs> says no to chocolate like I'm not like a even... fan of chocolate but um... oh. no, <laughs> no but the thing is don't get me wrong I'm into it like I have to like I said to you I know when to eat and when not now but it's like I used to be I used to be really bad you know those big bars of dairy milk like yeah. even one person's not supposed to eat one of them in an evening <laughs> I used to eat so much that I was like, I'm going to be the guy who has to get taken to hospital because of chocolate <laughs> afterwards. I've managed to get it down to like a, a reasonable, manageable level now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a huge fan of chocolate. I don't know why. I do eat it, but just I would never create. Actually, no, I have. Maybe like once every three months, I'm like, I fancy a bar of chocolate. But That's on the streets, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, I guess it's like a comfort food, you know? It's yeah. just. When we said chocolate, totally. people were like, yes. You know, it's like mean, a shocking yeah. thing. Yeah. Someone, um, someone said no to socks even, to hot water bottles, to meals. And then we said, what about a chocolate? <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe right. a chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got my attention now. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, but, you know, we've all got that thing. I'm like that with um, some people. Um, yeah, for me, I know what you mean if you don't like chocolate, because I'm like that with sweets. Like, I never understood the chewy sweets, the Haribo and all that. I'm like, I, See, I, I like the Harry, Harry Bo chewy. I love gummy, but chocolate. Really? Oh, yeah. man, I'm like, what's what's this? Is, is this like. So uh, You've got like the strawberry, like. Coconut. <laughs> so much more really? I honestly I feel like they're just sort of like are these like some toys someone's left around I'm like forget it. this is just not even it's not even food it's like yeah but anyway I feel like the the, the you know what the chocolate so it's mad I tell you what one of the biggest squirrels I've ever seen just came past our window <laughs> talking like giant um yeah. I, I feel like um I feel like this stuff though is like you know <sighs> Even if I so I offer haircuts and I know that sometimes people say yes and sometimes people say no and, that, and that's great but I don't know if you guys find also that the more you go back to someone like there's been times where after a few times I haven't you know someone said like actually no I know I'm good I'm fine but then after a few times someone has opened up said oh yeah actually you know, maybe I'm ready for that today I'll do that and I know items it's a little bit different but I just feel like you must find as well with the work you do that that initial interaction is the first of building trust with somebody and you've got to really build that trust to actually get underneath and and you know have a proper conversation like the amount of times that like it's taken a few times me going back to sort of see someone before someone really opens up because they're used to you know a lot of the time it might be based on like 
the fact that they're used to people letting them down or like you know that that thing's so important trust is everything it's like being in a relationship you know until you've got there you know it's hard really there's not really a foundation and and when I've gone back more times and I'm sure you guys have too as well and you build trust it's like it's a really important part of this thing that I think is overlooked too as well you're not just coming around with your clipboard and you're just some stranger it's just you know you're you're a person and it takes a while and, and yeah it's yeah, it's just like it's not easy. It does take time. Some of the stuff, like you got to be willing to like go back and 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 go back again. And then sometimes that's when it can come come good. Yeah, yeah. We actually recognise and we've built good relationships with a lot of people out on the streets now because we go to yeah. the same places every time. Um, yeah. And actually, there was this one uh, gentleman that had he'd been on the streets for a couple of years, and we actually started off. And actually, before I go into that, like the trust is a huge issue because before they go into homelessness anyway, I think their trust has kind of been, you know, I guess just not. Bad experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To put it that way. Yeah. So from previous experiences in their lives or whatever has been going on, you know, and especially people just walking past them on the street or maybe friends on the street might use them for something and then end up stealing their stuff. So I think, you know, trust for Mm -hmm. them is huge. And there's this one guy that we met and it didn't it started off a bit rocky there was a huge misunderstanding from our side and his side but we met him yesterday again and we've seen him a few times after and it's just been a whole new relationship now and you know we're speaking to him he's messaging us on twitter um we're going to be helping him and his friend on the street as well to find like an interpreter but it's just one of those things where you know even if there's a misunderstanding there's still kind of ways to fix it and I think really building that trust and making sure that they see you regularly they know Mm -hmm. what you're doing and what your purpose is and why you're helping then I feel like you know that makes a huge difference because at the end of the day like like I said I just keep going back but trust is huge yeah Yeah, for sure it makes honestly makes a lot of sense and and that doesn't have to be some overwhelming thing on on an individual level you can literally can just be that one person you see I mean I think also it's really important to mention like we can't do everything like we can't we can't it's okay like I always try and it's, it's hard not to get overwhelmed by all the problems we face in the world right and it's like hard not to get overwhelmed when you're set at home and you're just reading about them and scrolling and kind of you know it doesn't half leave you with like a feeling of I don't know how the hell can I do something as one person but that's not your for me anyway that's not my mission it's about it is about one person it's about you know, if you can get to know that one person near you, in an, in the scenario we're talking about, particularly with with homelessness, who's like somebody who's sat outside your tube station or outside your shop, and like as you said, go back and see them again and again, and it's like that's cool. You, you've got a busy life too. You might have kids you're bringing up. You might have, you know, obviously a job you're going to. Rents cost a lot of money in London. Like we're all well, so many people on a thin line, especially with the pandemic now, who are like you know, it is a struggle. Like we've all got our own issues and our own problems, but it's not about thinking, oh, I, I well, I, how can I do something? You know, all, this, all these problems, I'm going to get on my own stuff. It's like, you can just be available for like that one person. And, you know, I think I think it's, it's really, really important to have those kind of relationships in your life. Like I'm grateful for my friends and my family and my girlfriend and that amazing support network that I have within my immediate circle but there's always something in me that needs to like go beyond that and get to know people who are like strangers who are walking this earth too and sharing our problems sharing our kind of you know our time I think there's there's something about it's hard to actually articulate there's something about that kind of relationship that's it's very important for me to have in my life like I don't whatever I'm doing in the future like I'm cutting hair or doing this thing or doing that thing. I'm like, I always want to be just, just trying to find those other relationships beyond my immediate circle where I can maybe interact with people in a way that, yeah, I think is just really important for, for all of us to have. I don't know quite what it is, but I, I'm sure that I need, they, they really feed me those relationships and and I, I need to be out there and, and be given myself beyond my, my immediate circle as well. Yeah, the feeling is slightly indescribable. I can't even describe it either, but I completely understand. As soon as you as soon as you were describing it, I was mm. like, it's the same feeling whenever we go out and help. And even before Leho, like every time I did any work with volunteering or working with, you know, people in need, it's just that different level of connection. It's just it's so hard to describe, but it's just so like genuine. Um, so mm. yeah. 
I think we all, you know, depending on what your life is like, we all want that in some ways. You know, people are looking for that a lot of the time when they go out to a bar, you know, on a Saturday night. I mean, I know obviously it's fueled with like maybe some other intentions there, but my point is like, you've got people all over the place, all over the time, looking for those kind of connections. But sometimes a lot of the time it's, you know, it's, 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 it's harder to sometimes sit in the sober light a day just walk up to another person and be like hey what's up how are you like I know that's not easy sometimes but it's not as hard as you think either like it's not and sometimes it's about playing out the worst case scenario I say to people who you know ask questions like oh how do you approach somebody and you know what if someone reacts badly to you you know when we're talking about people experiencing homelessness specifically and I'm like look what's the worst case scenario like uh, if and this is if you want to by the way all of this is a very healthy dose anyone watching this one you know when you when you put it out there's like this is all like also just eat pizza and watch movies and have a good time i'm not here to tell anyone to like how to live their life like but it's like if you are walking around thinking oh god i just want to interact with this thing but i don't know how the best advice i always give is like you know, worst case scenario, if you go up and walk up to somebody who who's looking like they're in a bad situation and, you know, uh, you know, it's the middle of London and someone's clearly sleeping on the streets. Like, even if someone tells you to go away and says it in like a worse tone with worse language, it's like uh, in, in hundreds of haircuts I've given and conversations I've had to initiate those haircuts from going out in different cities around the world. It's like, no one's been violent towards me. No one's lashed out at me. Like, yes I've had some energy sometimes I'm not going to like lie like but it's like okay cool you're good you don't want to talk to me right now that's cool I'm going to get on my merry way but then it's like what do I do with that feeling do I go oh like oh like oh maybe yeah you just got to get thicker skin and be like yeah cool that's cool you don't want to talk to me like, I don't want to talk to people like I said to you earlier like without before I've had like a coffee in the morning you know yeah so it's like we can all relate to that and, and we just we just you know yeah I just think but what's the worst case scenario if you're in the middle of a busy city it's during the day I'm not saying go try and chat to people down the dark alley in the middle of the night and just like you know someone tells you to go away cool that's that that's like that's as far as it just leave that experience where it happened in that moment yeah yeah, yeah. your attitude time how you respond to it really being like exactly quite weary of it yeah but mm -hmm. exactly okay um so I think you know we've covered quite a lot of interesting topics just to wrap up a little bit i wanted to um touch on the do for do something for nothing movement as well um mm -hmm. i kind of stopped your instagram and i saw that your mm -hmm. book is coming out very soon in may yes. right um so if you want to share a little bit about that how you know the inspiration behind it and stuff so. for sure yeah and no, i appreciate being able to share it because it's a really good way to get like more of an insight into the work that i do and and you know the book is a series of images and stories of people i've met and cut hair for in cities throughout the world from uk and europe to america um india australia some other places and it's kind of um you know i've been out of my backpack doing this for four or five years now and it felt like a really important document to have in a tangible way social media is brilliant to be able to communicate these messages in you know kind of responsive sort of you know quite quick way to get people involved in something but I just thought it was really important to document to sort of have this so yeah the book as I got here I'll get a shame if wow. we get it out as well. <laughs> so basically th this is like this book is the UK cover and it's being published in um, May 27th so yeah this this is like a really cool way to support as well because it's a not-for-profit book in the sense that the publishers are covering their costs and they're donating like a pound per sale but any proceeds that I'll get are from um so they'll all be going towards future not-for-profit art shows so we me and my friend jamie morrison he's a visual artist in london and, and we've put on before the pandemic we were doing art shows in different cities where he'd paint portraits of people that would meet and would sell the art and auction it off to try and raise money for a local ngo and we'd work with local artists sometimes featuring homeless uh men and women so like people who are experiencing homelessness and their work so yeah it's it's very it's very kind of it's a cool way to not only have hopefully more of an insight into this issue and a lot of stories and the themes that run underneath those stories you know that we can we can all relate to but also um to support like people in, in that position so yeah it's published in may on may 27th but um you can pre-order as well like if you go to my instagram and go through the link in my bio um there's uh there's all that stuff there i will yeah. definitely pre-order it sounds amazing i love the idea of it 
Honestly, it reminds me as well. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it reminds me a bit about the Humans of New York, which is what we talked about, you know, and it's just, oh, I just love it. It's so good. And, you know, the fact that you've been traveling and getting those stories yourself just makes it more authentic, mm. I guess. And it's just Yeah. You know, the protest was really interesting because I, I just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I'm looking forward to people. The people who've got it so far, I'm really happy. Like, you know, people around me, it seems to... It's, it's, it's just, I just know I wanted to produce something that I want to be a conduit for the people I've met. My friend Levine in there, like I showed her, so she was on the street at the time and her story's here. And I went to see her the other day and gave her her copy of the book and mm. being there and seeing her read that, I was like, okay, as long as you, as long as you think it's cool, I'm good. You know what I mean? What else can shit on it? But I'm like, yeah. Yeah, see, I saw that video. Yeah, that yeah. almost made me tear up. That was really, really sweet. And yeah. she must've felt so like happy. Mm. yeah it's I just it's 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 really you know it's it's so I I just want to be able to for me a lot of people have a voice I I'm I'm only trying to I suppose of course you have a creative version of how you see things in this world and this book is that for me like I'm you know I'm in there to express these things but yeah I mean a lot of the work I do this stuff is just to try and people have already got a voice it's just about creating more visibility and more of an amplifier for that. Um, and uh, God, you know, I learned so much from the people I meet, <laughs> the best people I meet, like the best interactions I have, I, you know. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, that people resonate with the, the pages. Yeah. yeah. I, just the phrase as well, do something for nothing is just very inspirational um, because, you know, you don't, when you're not expecting anything in return and you're genuinely doing something for somebody I think that's kind of the best way to help <laughs> in a way totally and, and it's kind of sneaky too because the truth is you really do get something you know <laughs> like, cause like which is like you, you don't but then you do because yeah like you're good it's, it's the intrinsic yeah, it's your, kind of exactly <laughs> yeah it's your own it's, it's it's having a conversation for you as well is part you know it's therapy also and and that's not the intention why you go out and do it but it's like the, the knock-on effect is that you you do yeah you take something out of it too it's it's a symbiotic thing it's not just you know it's not just helping one person it's it's being involved and participating um, yourself which of course gives you something yeah yeah exactly oh thank you so much this was really really i love you guys and i love exactly yeah. everything that you do really excited to get your book yeah. I, I think i'll probably like cry <laughs> but um well, no, that, that's a good thing it'll be a good good cry happy shit exactly. <laughs> right well that's it yeah well i'm happy i'm happy honestly you guys thanks for supporting this and thanks for doing what you do and having this conversation like it's it's, a, it's an important one i think for all of us it's an important one to keep um having these conversations and joining kind of like our um I ideas together to to push for kind of i guess like this collective change as far as we we i can tell one on like this kind of street level of like how we interact each day so i'm very grateful for you guys and what you're doing and yeah let's chat more soon yeah